Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. What a powerful... Whoa, Carl... Powerful and strong worship song that was. That that right there is worship. That's the kind of song that we're going to be singing in heaven. We throw off all the, the fluff and all the other stuff, and it, theologically it gets down to the basics. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Father, Father, help us to throw away and throw off all the fluff in our life, all the extra in our life, that we may strip it down to bare bones. And Lord God, focus solely upon you, Lord. So Lord God, forgive us for, for trying to make our, our Christianity a religion and into something that you have never intended it to be. Help our church to thrive in the basics of the word. And Lord God, help us to completely focus upon you. Lord, it is all about you. It is all about you, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we will never seek to proclaim that. Despite what anybody tries to tell us or come against, Lord, we will proclaim your name from the mountaintop until we step into glory. And then we'll pray it for a thousand billion years for all eternity. Lord, we give this service to you. We bow down to you and we look to you. We pray this in your mighty name, Jesus. And everyone shout it out. Amen. Amen. Carl, you got to fix me here or I'll switch to a mic. Something's definitely wacko here. I mean, I like hearing myself talk, but maybe not that loud. Vonnie, come on up here. Vonnie's going to give an update. We prayed for her friend last uh, last week. The mic's on. Carl doesn't have it on, I don't think. Is it on? There it is. walks very slowly of course she has to have help but she's you know making some progress and just the fact that she got to come home and be with her family so i thank everybody for your 
prayers for her, and I ask that you continue to pray for her. Thank you so much. Amen. We'll continue praying. I forgot to dismiss the kids. Kids, be gone. And Cindy's going to give us a quick update on, on this last week. A lot has happened in the legislature this, this week. So, If you're not on the prayer chain, uh, this is new to you. If you are, I gave little blips just to kind of let you know that um, all of the committee and the readings, one or two and three all passed um, on margin, which means 66 uh, conservative Republicans and Democrats um, basically in the aisle um, split. Um, I have been in legislative works for years, and this is the first time that I have seen God move. Um, lies that were told were exposed. Um, I found out that the transition cost for a child or any adult is 20000 to 50000 per person. And that is why the doctors don't want to quit doing this, because it's good money. Um, I just know that now the governor has to sign it, and now we have, then the ACLU will most likely file a lawsuit, because that's big money for them too. And then we got to go to the Supreme Court, where we do not have a nonpartisan court. And I can give you all the details of that after service. I don't want to take up pastor's time. But we need to keep praying we need to keep seeking God and having him move because there were scriptures in committee. I, named, I had one of them, and we had a couple other people that were using God's word and how powerful that is. God's word does not return void. And like I said, I've never seen God move like this. Lies were exposed. It was awesome. And we have other bills coming up, so I will be sending out that notice. When they do, I go in front of the committee every time, and I am on behalf of all of you, a trumpet for his glory. So thank you all for your prayers. Um, keep them coming because we're going to need them. Amen. Keep them coming. Keep the prayers coming. It's a, it's a day of, a time of prayer, isn't it? We need to be praying. We always, you know, throughout our lives, throughout all of history, prayer has been so important. But, but as we see things begin to change and, and seasons change um, on a global stage, Stage. We just, uh, prayer is so important. And it's something that, that many Christians have become soft on, to be honest with you. So we need to commit and come back, come back to prayer. Let me run through some quick announcements in addition to those things. Um, today is last, the last Sunday of the month, right? So we got our potluck today. Last Sunday's is today. So if you're here and you didn't bring anything because you forgot, just stay. Just stay and eat. It's a great time. Connect with somebody. I would encourage you to do this today. Um, if you're used to sitting at a certain table with certain people, branch out of your comfort zone and sit with new people. Right? Let's meet new people today. It's a great thing. We have some incredible people here. Um, meet them. We have some people, they're just so-so. But we have some incredible people here. <laughs> um, so just... just Meet, meet everybody. Meet, meet different people today. It'll be good. Um, next Sunday begins Passion Week with Palm Sunday. Um, so keep that in mind. Next Sunday's message will be about um, Palm Sunday. And then, of course, Friday is Good Friday. Um, 
April 7th at 6 p.m. We will be having our Good Friday service here, and then Resurrection Sunday will be that Sunday the 9th, same time, 10 a.m. I learned very quickly that Montana is not a good place to have a sunrise service. Tried that a few years and, and with frozen fingers and, and not knowing what was going to happen. We're just, yeah, if we're in Florida or Hawaii, probably be a great thing to have. Anybody want to go to Hawaii to do a sunrise service? That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Um, nope, we're in Montana, so we're not going to do that. Please grab these invitations. Pass them out. Pass them out in your neighborhood. Paper's cheap. Printing's cheap. If they get thrown away, big deal. Let's Get them around, though. We need to invite people. People are waiting to be invited. Um, there's people that still, since COVID, they haven't yet returned to church. They haven't made church a, a part of their life. If you're questioning, hey, are they going to church? Are they not? What church? Just throw them an invite. We're not stepping on toes. They can go where they need to be. But let's just give people the invitation. So please... Again, please take every invitation that's out there. We can print more for next week, but get them out. Just get them into people's hands. Let's see what God wants to do. Uh, like I announced last week, we, we have musicians. We have a musician need. So musicians are wanted for the um, the worship team. If you play or know somebody that plays guitar or bass or even drums or anything that'll that could jump in here and, and, and uh, just be a presence on stage, please, please tell me. Um, we need musicians. It's a, it's a great thing. It would be awesome to have a full stage of musicians. Um, so if you, if you play and you haven't played in a while, I know some of you probably are in that boat, or if you know somebody. If you know somebody and they're not going to church, if they're outside of church or anything, Man, what a great end, but hey, you want to come play with our church? Our worship team's looking. Let's just get them in and let's just see what happens with that. In addition to needing musicians, we also need, um, we need a few people to help us with um, the Facebook Live. Um, so the Facebook video thing, the broadcast, and I talked to John McDougall, and he's the one you need to talk to. But he said out of like the three areas back there, sound, Facebook Live, and video, Facebook Live is by far the easiest one to run. So if you're worried, oh, I don't want to mess things up, John will train you good. We just, um, just this week, we purchased some things to upgrade our video. Um, so we're going to have a new computer back there. We're going to have a new camera. Um, amen is right. If, yeah, so we're going to take care of a lot of that stuff. So what a great time to jump in there. And if, you know, the, ideally we have four people on a, four, on a weekly rotation, so that's only once a month that you would be back there. It's not like you're missing service. It's like you're still back there. We had such a tremendous response when we said, hey, we're opening up a bridge cafe, and everybody wanted to work in the bridge cafe. And that's awesome. And there's so many people that work in the Bridge Cafe. And, and yeah, coffee's important. It absolutely is. But Facebook Live has the potential to... to we get people, we get regular um, people that watch from Florida and different states. And of course, Kansas, if my mom watches, maybe she doesn't. I don't know. I've 
she's had me all her life. She's probably tired of me talking. Um, but we have people around. We have people that are here in town that can't make it to church for health reasons. It's an important ministry. Um, so please think about that. Grab John today and say, hey, John, I would be interested in that. If you have a smartphone or a tablet and you can work that, you can work this. And, and John lists it out, and he's here to really help you, help you understand it. But it's really, it's really the, the hardest part of Facebook Live is, is making me look good. And that's what they tell me. Um, I don't know how to take that, but please think about that, pray about that, and jump right on that. Um, the what? Yeah, yeah, that's 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 probably it. Um, church 101. If you want to know what we believe, if you want to become a member of this church, you need to take Church 101. There's a list. Um, people have signed up for the last couple of weeks. I have a nice little 22-page handout for each one of you. Um, so if you've signed up, grab me after service. I want to get you. Um, the material so you can start looking that over. And then after we get through um, the Passion Week and, and Good Friday and Easter, we're going to come together and we're going to go through that. But the more you read beforehand, the quicker we can get through that. Um, black and white on there, what we believe, who we are as a church, all that good stuff. Um, the biblical principles we adhere to. Please familiarize yourself with that, and then we'll come together. If you're just now hearing this and thinking, ooh, I'd like to know what this church believes, that's, that's a good thing to know what your church believes. Sign up back there. Um, if everybody that's signed up aren't here today, I can get you some material today and, and all that. But please, please be diligent in that. It's a great thing. And then, like I said, we'll come together and do all that. Mel. Mel was like, can I can I come up? I want to I want to talk in front of the church. Jason, can I talk in front of the church? And and I was like, Mel, seriously? And she's like, No, I need to. And so I was like, Okay, Mel, you can come and talk. Line, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to thank everybody that has supported and and uh, helped out in the coffee bar. It has just been amazing. If you haven't been there, go in there and just hear the buzz and the excitement and it's just awesome and you get a great cup of coffee. Um, but I have an update I wanted to give you but before I did I just this would not have been a success without quite a few people. I won't thank everybody. Of course my husband I need to give him a big shout out. He did Ooh. so much in there. <laughs> and then the other two people that I really want to thank is John Rabine and Levi Metz. It, without them this coffee bar would have just tanked. They have been awesome. They've been there every week. They, they're just awesome supporters. And then I have 21 baristas. Woo! <laughs> they, I mean, I have half the church is, <laughs> is wanted to be a barista, and they've been wonderful, these poor women that, and men that just have to be stressed out over all the different cups of coffees that we make. Anyway, um, but the quick update is that we now are purchasing our coffee beans from a uh, roaster called Mountain Grounds Coffee, who is John Cassidy, and he is Toby and Melinda McGill's son-in-law. And all of his uh, money goes to Hope for Guatemala with Hope Dobbins, who is Jeff and Linda Douglas's granddaughter. <laughs> so all of the, um, the money that they get goes to missions, and then what we get 
um, we give to our Missionary of the Month. So every month we have a missionary that we support or all the tips that you give in the coffee bar goes to that missionary. A lot of times we can't display who it is because of where they're at, but just feel free to ask the coffee bar, who are we supporting this month? So all your tips go there, um, and then all of this coffee. So we now sell, whoops, sell coffee too. We um, have bags of coffee that you can buy from this roaster. And of that money, again, like I said, the money that he makes goes back to missions, and then what we make goes to missions also. Um, it's $12 for a bag. If you, you bring the bag back and fill it up 10 times, you'll get the 11th one free. So something just to think about, they're in there on display to, um, to sell. So anyway, um, we sell bottled water, it all goes to missions too. So in the future, our big plan is to open it up, especially in the summer, and we're going to um, send out flyers, flyers to the neighbors, and they'll get a 10% discount. Um, all our guests that come into this church get a free coffee. So we're hoping that it will bring people into the church that normally don't come in. Um, we're just excited. And we, the last thing is we have three specials each month now, one coffee special, one non-coffee special, and one kids special. This month is lavender honey latte in April. Non-coffee is a London fog tea. I don't even know what some of these are. Anyway, and then the kids get a funny bunny cocoa. So anyway, come to Bridge Cafe, meet people, laugh with them, connect with them, and thank you again for all your support. Thank you, Mel. It's been, it's been good. It's been fun. It's, it's like, wow, people come to church early. Who'd have known? We could just offer a coffee place and they get here early. And, and, and then we're like, oh, but it all goes to mission so I can feel good about this vice I have. And, and I'll, no, it's, it's, it's all good. We love just that extra. And, and my thought all along was, you know, I know people stop by Starbucks. Oh, Starbucks. And other places on their way to church. And that money just goes to make people wealthy. And it's like, what if we could just do that here and that money would then go to missions and things like that. It's been a great thing. It's, it love people connecting and getting involved. Just like on Facebook Live, you can get involved. You can get involved with that. It doesn't smell as good, but I mean, you're going to, here's the deal. If you screw up Facebook Live, that person is not in the building. They're going to be mad at you, but they're not. You screw up somebody's coffee. So it's a much less stressful, but we want both. We want people in all areas, so amen. Four ways to give real quick. We know this, four ways to give. Giving is such an important part um, of our Christian faith, and it's uh, why it's important is, is we're separating ourselves from our love of money and our control of money, and we're yielding and saying, God, I'm trusting you. I am choosing to trust in you. It's all about you. So you can give online at bridgehelena.com. You can text to give. You can good old giving boxes. We love the giving boxes. Um, or you can mail it to 725 granted. Amen. All right, you guys ready to get started? I'm going to drop this or I'm going to knock it over. Let's pray. Father, good to be in your house this morning. We love to be in your house. Lord God, we love to come together. We love to but it's not all about us. It's not about us at all. It's all about you, Jesus. So Lord, today, again, you have rule and reign. Guide us. Open up our brains. Lord, open up our brains. 
Help us to take what we learn today and actually apply it into our life. Open up our hearts so that we can be honest with ourselves and with people around us, Lord God, things that we struggle with, um, problems that we're having, Lord God. When you bring that beautiful conviction into our lives, let us not run from it, but let us run to you. So confirm in us, challenge us, and convict us this morning. Holy Spirit, allow me to speak what you have for me to speak. And Lord God, shut my mouth with everything else. I will always pray that prayer because I want to rely on you 100%. Holy Spirit, you're amazing. We need you so much. And Holy Spirit, once again, I pray, don't let anybody leave this building today the same way that they came in. Because we want more of you, Lord God. We desire so much more of you. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone shout it out. Amen. Amen. Uh, many of you guys know that we had uh, worship, prayer, and, and healing. Um, Friday night started at 7. I got here at 6.15-ish. People started coming at 6.30. I don't think I got home on Friday night until like 9.15, 9.30. Um, and it was different. I'm going to tell you, if you were here, you probably know what I'm talking about. It was, for me, it was like God just, He spread out this massive blanket of peace over this sanctuary. And it just, the peace of God fell down on this place. It was, it was interesting. But within that peace, there was this intensity of God here. It was, it was a unique time. Um, I'm telling you, people would come in. They would. There was no. <coughs> there was no small talk. Um, really, no conversation. People were just coming in, and they were praying, um, and it was good. Uh, we had worship through the computer on, but man, people would stop and they'd just start singing with that worship. So you'd hear all these voices lifted up. Um, there were some people here that. I have. I, there was a lady here. I have no idea who she was. I don't know how she heard about it. I have never seen her before. It's like that's awesome. And she wasn't just in here like trying it out. She was. She was in prayer. She was in worship. So it was amazing. We're gonna have another one of those. We'll have another one of these coming in April. Um, I cannot tell you and encourage you. I come, just come and experience that. Um, talk to people that were here the first Friday night and then the second Friday night. You'll you'll get an understanding that for whatever reason, God is is moving in that service in in just an amazing way and good way. So please come to that. Um, let's get on to today's message. Last week I announced it. We're going to be talking about the days of the fear monger. So today, obviously, thank you, Gail. I'm parched. I was singing too much, especially of that last worship song, and it gets me and, and all that. Today we're going to be talking about fear, obviously. Why? Why would we choose to talk about fear on a Sunday morning? Well, that's simple, because it's something that we have all struggled with. Okay, be honest with yourself. In our, in our past, we have all struggled with fear, but also it's something that, that many of us are currently struggling with. And if you can say, well, I'm not struggling with fear. I've gotten over that fear. I'm, I'm going to warn you about this. It's something that you're going to struggle with. 
Fear is just something that is here. It's, it's, it's around us. And we need to get a biblical understanding here. Once we gain a biblical understanding pertaining to fear, our life adapts and starts to change and gravitate to the one who instead of he, fear gives hope. Now before we get started, we need to get some perspective on fear because there are different types of fear. And we want to, we want to make sure that we know what we're talking about today. So the scriptures we're going to be talking about, the things that I'm going to be saying, we, we, we need to know that, oh, there's different types of fear. We're not talking about this type of fear. We're not talking about this type of fear. Oh, it's this type of fear. So let's run through these different types of fear um, before we get started. The first type of fear is the fear of the Lord. It's the fear of the Lord. And this has everything to do with respect for who God is, but also a humility as to who we are. Let's look at let's look a couple of verses out of Proverbs. Proverbs twenty-eight, fourteen. Blessed is the one who fears the Lord always, but whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Proverbs twenty-three, seventeen. Let not your heart be let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in fear of the Lord all the day. Them are great verses, aren't they? Those are important verses that we that we apply to our lives. See, we should not be afraid of God if we are in a healthy relationship with God, but we must show honor to God. And, and we see these swings all over, and, and I'm going to be really speaking within the Christian community, which in the, within the church community, because within the church community we can have people that, that are afraid of God. They treat him like he's a taskmaster. Boy, they're, they're, they would be afraid to approach him. We have an altar time, and it's like, oh, I'm not going up there. God might strike me down and things like this. And they paint a picture of God as, as this really mean guy that we need to be afraid of. But that can swing all the, to the other side, and, and we begin to, to treat God with, with a lack of respect almost. We treat him like, oh, he's my buddy, and we just hang out all the time, and we, we tell jokes with each other, and, and, and we kind of bring God down to our level of understanding. That's, that's not correct either. So we have to have this healthy relationship with God, and we need to show reverence to God. We need to show honor to God. But we're not afraid of God as we would be afraid of somebody that's going to come in and want to do harm to us. Does that make sense? Like this Proverbs that we just went over say, we, we don't allow our hearts to, to envy sin or sinners because that causes us to be in this unhealthy relationship with God, right? So we want to be careful. We want to stand firm. We're not envying the sinners, the, the sinful people, the sinful desires that come against us because we want to be in a healthy relationship with God, which then we have a healthy respect for God. So we need to be in this continual fear of the Lord all day long. All day long. We are to pray always, as Paul, Paul admonishes us to do. We are to pray always, but we're also to be in fear of the Lord all day long. Meaning, all day long we are to revere Him. We are to respect Him. And we are to have reverence toward Him. We need to be treating God like the holy God that He actually is. Look at what, what this, this brings into our lives. It's, it's Proverbs 9. 
Proverbs 9 and 10, or just 9, 9, 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. How many of you guys absolutely desire wisdom in your life, especially the time that we're living in? We need wisdom. We need insight. It's the fear of the Lord. It's the reverence of the Lord. It's treating God as the righteous creator of all things. That's what begins to bring wisdom in our life. If you're walking around thinking, boy, I keep making wrong decisions and, and I just can't do this and, and my life is chaotic and, and my family is a mess, man, how's your fear of the Lord? How's your respect there? See, this is an important aspect of fear pertaining to the Lord that we need to understand, but this is not the kind of fear we are going to talk about today. Now, there's another kind of fear, and that would be rational fear. That would be healthy fear that we experience in our life. See, rational fear is the fear we experience when, when there's something out there or someone out there that can harm us or somebody that we care about, right? This is a legitimate fear, right? There's all sorts of things um, that we can face in life. And they can actually do us harm. And there's something within us that says, stay out of that situation or something's going down. Or run! Run! That's the healthy fear. That's the rational fear. Rational or healthy fear helps keeps us safe from potential and real danger. See, this too, this too is an important aspect of fear, but this isn't the kind of fear we're going to talk about today. We're going deep into fear. Today, we're going to be talking about irrational fear. Yay for irrational fear. Don't we love irrational fear? Irrational fit that slide. Irrational fear is when you fear something that is very unlikely to happen. The fear appears when there's no actual threat or reason, but arises from either you imagining the worst case scenario or an outside voice that is encouraging that fear. Does that happen ever in our lives? Probably faced it this morning. Turn on the radio. You look at your social media. You look at the news anywhere. You, you listen to the world, and there is all this irrational fear being spoken. See, it's the fear that is distracting. It's a distracting fear. It's a, it's a misleading fear, and it's a crippling fear. And it's crippling so many, both outside as well as inside the church. The title of today's message is The Days of the Fearmonger. And if you're unaware of this term, fearmonger, here's, here's a definition of that. A fearmonger is someone who intentionally tries to make people afraid of something when it is not necessary or reasonable. You have any of those people in your life? They want to make you afraid of everything? Is there voices in, in this world that, that try to do that's That's the fear-mongering. And, and today, it's the days of the fear-monger simply because it's so readily available to each one of us. If you have a smartphone if you have a television, if you have a radio, if you go to the public square to go shopping, if you work in a workplace that, that has other people in it, it's definitely the days of the fearmonger. And I think a lot of the time, a lot of the time, the biggest fearmonger in our life 
can actually be ourselves, can't it? If we don't keep that in check. So now that we have an idea of, of where we're going, let's take a quick look at the current state of our culture as it relates to fear. A 2022, 2020, that's last year. This is recent, right? The 2022 study found that over half of Americans, over half, feel like they're in imminent danger at least once a day. Wow. Look at, look at this. This is, this is it. Out of 2,000 Americans that were asked about how they feel about their personal safety, 52% feel on edge every day. And when I read this study, it was interesting in their question. Their question, they asked people how they felt about their personal safety, not what they think about their personal safety. Because you see, irrational fear, it plays upon our emotional side and not our rational side. See, if, if it played upon our rational side, it wouldn't be irrational fear, would it? Because our rational side says, wait, you don't need to fear that. Yet our emotions get in there and we become fearful. And in this study, younger Americans were most likely to feel concerned about their safety on a daily basis, with 75% of those between 25 and 34 agreeing with this statement, compared to just 50% of those from 45 to 54. And I wonder, do you think the influence of social media could have anything to do with these type of demographics? I think so. In another study, the Chapman University Survey of American Fears, yes, that's a real thing, ranked the top 10 fears of 20 and 21. 2020 and 2021. I bet you guys can probably guess some of these. These are the percentages of people who were either afraid or very afraid of these topics. Let's, let's take a look. Number one, corrupt government officials. 79.6. Man, there are so many corrupt government officials. I'm sorry if you're a government official, but man, you're not one of them if you attend Bridge. Of course not. But there's a lot out there, right? Is that something that I should carry around and think about every day and have a fear of? I don't know. Seven, almost 80% of people do. People I love dying. 58.5%. Does anybody live forever? Death is a part of life. Should I be afraid of that on a daily basis? A loved one contracting, oh my goodness, the COVID-19, 58%. People I love becoming seriously ill, 57.3%. Widespread civil unrest, 56.5%. A pandemic or a major epidemic, 55.8%. Economic financial collapse, 54.8%. Cyber terrorism. I just sit around all day long and I'm worried about cyber terrorism. I'm telling you, it cripples me. I can't leave my house. 51%. This is a great one. Pollution of the oceans, rivers, and lakes. 50.8%. Man, I love my rivers. You guys know I love my rivers. But I'm on, I, I, don't, I don't worry about that. 
I'm not fearful of that, but 50.8% of people are, are, are worried about pollution of oceans, rivers, and lakes. And then, of course, biologic warfare. Well, of course, 49.3%. Honestly, how many of you guys think on a daily basis about biologic warfare? Is that something that's readily... Man, I'm just wondering what's for dinner, right? And that, that, that in our household can be a whole separate side of warfare. But it's not biologic warfare. I'm not thinking of it. I say that because Amy's in the sound booth today and not there. There's, there's separation. I know there's people that will jump in between us if, if need me. Now let's think back just a second. This is 20, 20 and 21, right? Is that what it was? 20 and 21. Were any of these topics being talked about in the media at all? Could you escape these topics when you tuned in, when you looked on your phone, when you jumped on your computer, when you went outside, when you were at the store? People were talking about all these and people were freaked out about them. I would say, though, that, that this was being way more than talked about. It wasn't just talking. It was being pushed. It was being propagated. See, the experts, the experts out there, and I say experts, they know how to keep our attention, don't they? They know how to keep our attention on them. See, it's not by promising to give us something. That, that's what they used to do. Hey, if, if you'll follow me, if you'll listen to what I say, I'm going to promise to give you something. We can actually lose interest in that very quickly. Fear, on the other hand, Fear, irrational fear, fear of the unknown. We grab onto that and we won't let go like a dog on a bone, man. We sink our teeth into that and it keeps me... You guys know people who watch 24-hour news all day long and they won't leave their house because they're fearful because of what is being said and propagated on those news programs. One more study. This is, this is a good one. This is a really good one. This is a bit older of a study, but, but it's a good one. Have, have you ever heard of FOGO? Anybody in here, here ever hear of FOGO? FOGO is a real thing. It's, it's awesome. FOGO is the fear of getting old. It's the fear of getting old, right? Now listen to this. People are like, oh man, yeah. Probably the younger you are, the greater the fear. The older you are, the greater the reality, <laughs> right? So FOGO, a whopping 87% of Americans suffer from FOGO. Isn't that crazy? So is it accurate to say that we as a culture are consumed maybe even obsessed with fear? Why? Why would we do this? Well, I think the answer to this is, is very um, God-based, actually. We're consumed with fear. It's because we are wired. We are wired from, from the beginning of creation. We are wired to listen and to learn. God wired us to listen and to learn. This is what causes us as born-again believers in Jesus Christ to crave the Word 
the teachings in Scripture and, and also the teachings specifically of Jesus Christ himself. We, we, you know, the, 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 the deeper your faith, the more you want to get in the Bible. The, the more you want to be here on a Sunday morning and worship and listen to the Word, the more you want, to, you want to dive into these things. We're wired for it, listening and learning. See, God has built this within us, and the Holy Spirit, this is what's cool too, the Holy Spirit facilitates this, in every born-again believer. He turns us to the Word. He promotes the Word. He expands the Word. He illuminates the Word. And He allows us to understand the Word. God's desire is for us to listen and to learn from Him. Look at Psalms 119. we got several scriptures here. I will meditate on your precepts and thoughtfully regard your ways, the path of life established by your precepts. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. It's a good thing. Don't forget his word. Look at Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and active. It's not a dead book. It's not dead words. They are living and they are active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Amen. Man, the Word is powerful, isn't it? The Word is powerful, and we're wired to listen and to learn, and those things are supposed to come together. But for a lot of Christians, they don't always. Look at Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Again, God's plan. Listen and learn. Power of the Word. Apply it into my life. Success. Wisdom. All of these things. Prosperous. It's important, isn't it? See, it's not only God's desire, but it's very much God's plan that we listen and we learn from Him. Listen and learn from Him. See, the problem starts when we are not in the Word, when we are not looking to Christ, and when we are not tuned into the Holy Spirit. We have to understand that that innate desire that's built into us to listen and to learn, well, it's still there. It's still there, yet we're absent. We're, we're apart from the Word. But without God to guide us, and to satisfy that need, a vacuum is created within us. Instead of looking to God through His Word and through, His, and through our time listening to the Holy Spirit in prayer, we begin to open our ears to the loudest voices. Don't fool yourself right now. We've all done it. We, all do, we do it all the time. Oh, I didn't have time to read the Word today. That day is going to be very different, isn't it? Things change. We start listening to things. We start hearing little voices. We, we tune into the media and we start looking at what's going on. Oh, look at what's going on. Oh my gosh, everybody in the world's going to die. 
this, that, or the other. That vacuum has been created, and now we are looking at worst-case scenarios or the irrational fear, the irrational fear of the unknown. Do you guys know that the first, the very first mention of fear in the Bible is found in Genesis 3? I love Genesis 3. I love the, the chapter. There's so much amazing stuff. Genesis 3 reveals so much, man. If it's like, hey, let's take everything and wad it up into a small little ball, it's, you can find it all in, in really in Genesis 3. It's, it's what has happened. It's what's happening now. It's what's going to happen. It's Jesus Christ. It's, he's the answer. It's the, 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 the enemy being defeated. Genesis 3 is amazing. Let's look at Genesis 3.10. And he, we're talking about Adam here, and Adam said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. What led up to Adam being afraid? What, what, what was that? Somebody said sin. I think so. See, Adam and Eve chose. They made a willful choice to divert their attention from God and instead, listen to an outside source. See, when Adam and Eve decided to do this, remember, they're wired to listen and to learn, but they're saying, you know what, I don't want to listen and to learn from you, God, right now. I'm going to listen and learn from over here. See, that vacuum was created, wasn't it? And this outside source, this, this outside voice, tempted them to disobey God, which resulted in the willful act of sin, the original sin that then caused them to be afraid of God. God comes down like He always does to spend time with Adam, to walk in the garden, to converse with him, to be with him. But now Adam has placed himself in a position where he has a fear of what might happen. It's a fear of what might happen happen. And one could argue that this was a, rela uh, a rational fear, right? Oh my gosh, I have a rational fear. God's going to destroy me. However, Adam had spent enough time with God to know his goodness and his love, hadn't he? So in the absence of listening and learning from God himself, turning their attention to the serpent, the evil one, Satan, it's the same person doing it to us today. They took their eyes off God. They put their eyes over here. That vacuum occurred. They're starting to listen and to apply those things that are not of God and not of truth. And what did that cause in them? It caused fear. It caused a time to be afraid. We should never fear God's discipline, right? That's what Adam was fearing God's discipline because he didn't know how that might look and he didn't know what was going to happen. We should never fear that discipline, but rather, like in Revelation 19 says, Revelation 19, those whom I dearly and tenderly love, I rebuke and discipline, showing them their faults and instructing them to be enthusiastic and repent, change your inner self, your old ways of thinking, your sinful behavior, seeking God's will. See, when we listen to God and we learn from God, even when we screw up, 
We should have a desire to run to God to get that correction and to get that discipline. But when we're not tuned into God and we're listening to the voices over here, it's going to cause us to be afraid of God. And when we're afraid of God, we're afraid to pray. We're afraid to get in His presence. We're afraid to set foot in church. Because all this false fear has been propagated. It's the days of the fear monger. The enemy is louder now than he has ever been. So we read these passages and maybe, maybe this fear arose because the enemy's number one goal is to cause separation between us and God, to distract us from God's voice, and our desire to listen to Him. See, we have to have that desire to listen to Him. See, the enemy knows that fear is a potent and an effective way to do just that. Honestly, think back two years, two years, two years, 2020. Was it two or three? I can't even remember now. You know, there, we weren't having church. Were we still? No, we were just starting to get back into church with the whole COVID effect. And man, people... People were afraid of everything. You guys remember that? It's been a long enough where we try to not remember it, but my goodness, it was like, man, they're going to wheel a cart down the middle of the road and you go, bring out your dead. I mean, everybody was afraid. They were afraid. They were afraid of the unknown. It was, it was this irrational fear time, and, and, and Christians were doing it as well. And the enemy knows. See, the enemy knows how effective that is. We now know he knows it's effective on a global scale, but we also know it's effective on a personal scale. And that's why there is so much fear being propagated today. And we are living in the days of the fear monger. And just think about it for a second. The message of fear is everywhere. I get on the TV, I'm watching Rawhide. Love that old cowboy show, right? How many guys in here? Mark, you like Rawhide, don't you? Absolutely. Good stuff. But, but I watch it and there's commercials, right? And it's like, oh, commercials, ugh. But a commercial comes on and you know what most commercials are based in? Fear. Commercials on TV, commercials on the radio. Are you concerned about a cyber attack? Well, there's that. Are you concerned? And, and, and the pharmaceutical companies, man, all their commercials, are they're all happy and everybody's doing all these happy things, but, but it's based in fear. Oh, do you have this illness? And do you need this drug that we sell? Because of the, it's based in fear. Commercials, advertising, to be very effective, it's going to be based in fear. Most of the news, talked about this, most of the news we turn into is based in fear. Right, it's, it's, it's what sells, it's what keeps people tuned in. People are like, man, why can't we have news where it's like the good stuff? Why can't they ever just talk about the good stuff? Nobody wants to listen to the good stuff because we're consumed with fear. One day I was driving in my car and I'm flipping through the stations and there's talk radio on during the day and, and honestly, most of the talk radio that you tune into is, is a conservative-based talk radio and it dawned on me how much fear they're propagating, right? It's a very fearful radio talk shows, man. They're full of fear. Why? Because it keeps people listening. Most of, of the workplaces today, they're using fear 
as a tool of motivation, right? Oh, if I'm late again, I might get docked, I might get fired, and if I don't do my job right and it's quality control, and, and they might demote me and they might take some money away and I might not get that raise, and, and, and everything's based in fear, and, and we don't realize that their entire mode of motivation is making us afraid, right? And if not careful, most of our idle thoughts can quickly move to fear. Remember, this is irrational fear. It, it's the fear of the unknown. It's the fear that preys upon our emotions. Fear that focuses on that unknown situation that may or may not happen, and in most cases probably won't. And it's the fear that diverts us from our focus upon God. Now that we have all that understanding... Let's take a look at some, some scriptures here. There's a couple scriptures in the Bible about fear. Just a couple. You've got to really search for them. Actually, some people say there are 365 scriptures dedicated to fear um, in the Bible. Oddly enough, there's 365 days of the year. Um, you can break that down, though, and, and I think if you really dig into Scripture, the Bible's addressing fear. It's all over the place. It's every book of the Bible. Um, it's, you break it down. There's, it's every chapter of the Bible, it seems. I mean, I mean it is full. It is full. Um, and remember, we need to listen to Scripture. We need to learn from Scripture, and we need to apply Scripture. So we're just going to go through a few verses. Um, here's just a few verses about fear. Uh, write them down, snap a picture, whatever. If you're struggling with fear right now, the fear we're talking about today, these are scriptures you need to look up, you need to read them, you need to write them out, you need to apply them into your life. Let's look at Isaiah 41.10. It's a great one. Fear not! Could you stop it right there? Put an exclamation point and we're done. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my right, my, with my righteous right hand. What? You read a verse like this, how can you not say, well, if God is with me, if I'm on God's side, then what can I fear? Do I fear the unknown? Absolutely not. Because I, I know the known, right? God has it all in his hands. So we read 41.10 and we're like, yeah, that's good to go. But are we actually applying Isaiah 41.10 into, uh, into our lives? Let's look at Joshua 1.9. I have not, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. And do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Where can we go where the, where the Lord isn't with us? Nowhere! He's with us everywhere. Have I not commanded you? Commanding, we can, we can take that and apply that. Man, has he not guided us? Has he not led us in our life? Yes, he has. And if he has then we need to be strong and courageous. We can't be frightened about all these little things that are irrational and may or may not happen. We need to pull that into check because God is with us wherever we go. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God gave us a spirit not of fear, 
but of power and love and self-control. What does that tell us? The fear that we experience, this irrational fear, God did not give us a spirit of fear. That is not from God. So we need to stand against that as we would stand against anything else in our life that is not of God. But on the other hand, God didn't give us that, but He did give us a spirit of power and love and self-control. Isn't, isn't self-control, doesn't self-control have a lot to do with fear? If I have self-control, I'm focusing and listening and learning from God and not from the voices of this world. Psalms 34.4 I sought the Lord and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Prayer, right? Yeah, we're all, like I said, if you haven't been afraid, if you're not afraid now, you're going to be afraid sometime in the future and, and all this. It, it just comes. We are going to be fearful of something. It's going to be irrational. It's going to be like, it's going to divert us. It's going to want, it's going to be that fear monger rising up, yelling at us. We're going to be in situations. Maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's something as simple as, well, I'd be afraid to pass any invitation out. What kind of, Irrational fear is that. Like I said, they can crumple them up. They can throw them away. It doesn't hurt my feelings. It shouldn't hurt your feelings. But we're going to experience those things. When we experience those things, we need to learn from Psalm 34, 4. I sought the Lord. I got before the Lord. I prayed to the Lord. I asked the Lord. And He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. How amazing is that? Delivered me from all my irrational fears. Next time you're in a situation where you're freaking out over somebody, somebody or something or some situation, why don't you just try seeking the Lord? Get in front of God. Seek Him and see what happens. See if He doesn't just change your perspective. And maybe it's something that we need to do all the time. Maybe it's a fear that you've, has plagued you for years. And maybe that's something that you need to, to take to Him every single day because that fear just keeps coming back at you. Maybe, maybe this Scripture stuff, maybe these truths of God are actually real and maybe they actually help us. Look at 1 John 4.8. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love, right? It's this irrational fear of being afraid of what might happen or a mean God that's going to hurt me. But, but there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. There's only one perfect love, right? And that's, that's Jesus. Jesus is that perfect love. And it, 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 it doesn't fight against fear. It doesn't hold fear back. It doesn't allow us to, to, to get through that fear. It, it casts out fear. So once again, we, we, we seek God's presence. We, we ask Him, and He is there. God doesn't desire His bride to be fearful of anything. Because the bridegroom is standing there going, I got you covered. I have you covered. And we need to allow that covering into our lives. Deuteronomy 36.1 Be strong and courageous. 
Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Get in the picture here. Are we starting to understand here? John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My perfect peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. There is a reality of fear in our lives. That we are not denying. That we are not, I'm not trying to tell you, no, it's, it doesn't really exist. It's all in your mind. There is a real aspect of fear that is at work in this world. And I believe day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, that, that element of fear is being more concentrated. It's becoming more intense. We're not denying that there is fear, but we're understanding how to deal with that fear. So as Christians, as followers of Christ, we have to rely on Jesus. Fear keeps so many people in check. The reason people don't do things is the fear of what might happen. What might happen, I don't know, but it scares me because it could. If I, if I draw too close to God, what might He say to me? I'm afraid of that. If I change jobs, what might that look like? I'm afraid of that. If I go to the grocery store at this certain time of the day, I, what might happen? If it's rush hour, what might happen? If I stay for a potluck at church, who might I have to talk to? What might, that's all irrational fear of the unknown. Isn't it crazy? We can talk about it in this situation and we're like, oh, pastor, that's crazy. Yet we fall into it time and time again. What I'm telling you is Scripture. God's Word Himself and the power of the Holy Spirit has given us a way to fall out of that, right? We fall into fear, but God says, I'm going to make you fall out of fear just like that. See, we could keep going with Scriptures. We could keep going all day long with Scriptures, but I think, I think we get the understanding here. But once again, understanding and knowledge and actual application into our lives is not the same thing. We must choose to listen to God. We must choose to learn from God and we must choose to put into practice those things that we hear from God through His voice of the Holy Spirit or through the words of Scripture. We need to hear those and discern those. Apply them into your lives. My desire is that we have a church, a congregation that isn't crippled with fear. Not, not corporately and not individually. The more we commit ourselves here, the less opportunity we give the fear mongers. Fear mongers, man, they want your attention. You're going to leave here after we eat today. You're going to jump in your car. You're going to start having fearful thoughts because it's Sunday and Monday. What's Monday morning going to look at my job? And 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 though the roads are bad in certain areas, and and maybe my relatives or friends are down. I hope they don't get in an act, and that can consume us very quickly. We stand against that. And even when it's the, the voices and the anxiety 
that are deep within us. I understand that people struggle with, with anxiety. That's a hard one, isn't it? It can be crippling. But we call out to the Lord in our time of need. See, fear is always defeated with the hope of Christ. Insecurity comes when we fear irrationally the wrong things because we are not fearing, respecting the right ones, right? So when we have the healthy, respectful fear of the Lord, it brings us into the relationship where we listen, we learn, we apply, we put everything into to the God side of things so that we can deal with the world side of things. Jesus' words in Matthew 10 are ones that help us gain really a correct perspective. Matthew 10, 28. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. It's saying, boy, you guys, you guys are fearing the wrong things here. You guys are fearing the wrong things things here. You guys in here, if you guys are a regular attender, you hear me talk about the eternal perspective a lot, right? You've heard me talk about that a lot. An eternal perspective is looking beyond our current situation and our current our current um, condition that we're in. And we, we look not, not, not a five-year plan, not a 20-year plan, not even a 50-year plan. We look way, we have an eternal perspective and an understanding that we're going to spend eternity in heaven with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's going to be a, an amazing thing. That should change how we look at this world. See, when we have an eternal perspective, we gain a confidence in what matters the most. And it is that perspective that allows us to face the the perceived uncertainties of our day to day, as well as the times that we're living in. Boy, there's a lot going on in our world right now. In our world and in our own community, in our own families, in our own lives. There's just a lot going on. But when we face that with the eternal perspective of Jesus Christ, it better be changing things within your life. See, it's our choice. There it is, that word again. It all comes down to our choice. We have the ability to choose. To choose what we believe. To choose what we listen to. To choose what we look at. To choose what we apply into our lives, we have that choice. What choice are you making? Worship team, if you guys want to come up here. Fear is obviously based in the enemy. We understand that because the first time we saw fear, um, man encounter fear, we, we looked at that in Genesis 3. So we know that, that fear is based in the enemy. And, and it came in. And sin Sin tainted everything from that moment forward, didn't it? But fear came in and took a hold of everyone. We all deal with fear in, in some respect. And we're, again, we're talking about the irrational fear, the emotional side of fear. The point of today's message is to stop listening to the fear monger and listening to the king. 
We just got to listen to the king. There's people that are probably in here right now listening to this message and saying, oh man, but you don't understand. I'm crippled with fear. Or, or it's stepping on toes. It's a boy, pastor's hitting on something that I've dealt with over and over and I've struggled with it my entire life. And, and I'm asking you guys this morning to seek Jesus on this. Maybe you've never truly just got before him and, and made it a, a, a repetition. Every time that fear comes into your life, before you give it any attention, seek the Lord. Listen and learn. Look at the scriptures. Get back into that. See, it's one of those things where it's not, it's not a one and done. Oh God, take all fear away from me. I prayed the prayer. My life is going to be fearless from here on out. It doesn't work that way. Fear is going to come. Look at the look at the apostle. Look at Peter. He struggled with fear, didn't he? Read the Gospels. There was there was fear intermingled with that. It's like we got to take that fear every every time that it comes and put it into check. So this morning, some of you guys walked in here carrying fear. Some of you are going to leave here and you're going to be tempted to pick fear up as you drive home as you spend the rest of the day I'm asking you guys to take a stand with me against the irrational fear that the fear mongers the enemy himself is throwing at us of course of course we're going to open up the altars as we go back into worship I will say this if you're struggling with fear don't let it keep you from this altar today. Isn't that silly? The very thing that grants you freedom can be the thing that you are fearing. It can be the fear of God, but most likely it's the fear of man. What might people think? So if you're dealing with fear right now, I'm going to ask you to come to the altar and lay it before God. If you're in a place where you're like, man, I, I want more God. God is working in my life, then I'm going to ask you to come to this altar and bask in the glory of God because we need that all to mix up together. You need to be up here supporting and praying for those people that are, that are walking in fear and dealing with fear. It's a very real thing. We're not saying it isn't. And we're not saying that you just pray the prayer and you get rid of it forever. Some people, man, they're going to need more support in this. Can we be a church that supports each other in this? I would say I just covered everybody in here this morning. Either you're dealing with fear or you're glorifying God. Let it shine. Let us come together. Let us pray with each other. Let us worship together. Let us boldly approach His throne by way of this altar. And let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does. And I'm telling you, that does not allow us to leave this building the same way that we came in. Amen. Can we agree with that? So let's all rise up. We're going to worship. I'm going to invite you guys to the altar. Dave's going to take it. He's going to lead us. What? 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 Speak to the mountain. Oh, goodness. What? A, that's the song I wanted to do. Speak to the mountain. Let's speak to the mountain this morning. The mountain of fear that comes into our lives. And let's trust in God. Father, Lord. I just ask you right now, you do the thing that you do so great, and that is to speak to us, to love on us, 
and to move us into action. Lord, we welcome your conviction. Right now, we welcome your conviction. We are not afraid of that. Rather, we welcome that. And Lord God, in our times of irrational fear, we plant ourselves upon the rock of our salvation, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and everyone shouted out, Amen. This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com. And we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.